0: Australia's medical technologies, biotechnologies and pharmaceutical sector supports more than 60,000 jobs with the potential to create another 28,000 more by 2025. The MTP sector generates about $5 billion a year in gross value add for the Australian economy with the potential for billions more in the years to come. It's a smart, high value and export focused industry that's given Australia and the world the cervical cancer vaccine companies like CSL, ResMed and Cochlear, and brilliant scientists like Howard Florey, John Eccles and Elizabeth Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. My name is Stuart Dignam. I'm the General Manager of Corporate Communications and Policy at MTP Connect. We'd like you to know a little more about this sector, which contributes so much to our health and well-being and the economy. So over the coming weeks and months, we're going to connect with the people and the issues that make medtech, biotech and pharma a little later in this episode, we'll delve into the world of grants, looking at how to tap into the funding options that are out there to take your ideas to the next level. But first, what is MTP Connect? Dr. Dan Grant is our CEO. Dan, hello. Hi, Stuart. So, MTP Connect, what is it?
1: So, so MTP Connect is unique in that it's a, a non-membership-based model. That works at the nexus between all of the other organizations and groups in the sector. We work with industry, with government, not-for-profit organizations, researchers, small companies, large companies, patient groups, groups like um, MTAA and other industry bodies to understand the key challenges and opportunities for the sector and then to promote those broadly across um, the sector itself.
0: And tell me more about this industry focus. What What does that mean in reality?
1: So, so, we're really focused as an organization on um, turning pro- ideas into products and helping our our research community translate great science into items that will improve patient outcomes across across Australia across the world and so we're really focused on engaging researchers in business to improve commercialization enterprise um, skills. We're working with businesses to secure access to international clients, international markets, and supply chains. We're focused on promoting commercialization and collaboration of research ideas and finally the f- sort of the fourth area that we work in is around regulatory and policy reform and, and perhaps reform is not necessarily the the definitive word we're working with regulatory bodies and government to help clarify pathways through existing regulatory bodies and and to promote change as needed
0: and why is that important what's what's the what's the issue with regulation
1: um, I think Probably the key issue at the moment with regulation is that many of our Early-stage companies and researchers don't actually understand the pathway and and the necessary steps to take to get through TGA or FDA approval. And so rather than focus on reform, um, I think regulatory excellence is the word and and understanding what the pathways are, making sure that our research community, our early-stage companies, know how they have to progress through the regulator and and ultimately get their product approved and reimbursed.
0: So MTP Connect also supports particular... Projects, um, how how are those projects chosen, and what's the how how would you characterize the nature of um, those projects that are supported by MTP Connect?
1: Right, so our our project um, support programs are really critical for the work that we're doing. We actually are are working in two areas at the moment to promote projects. We have our Industry Growth Center Project Fund or pool, which is working to promote opportunities within those four areas of activity that I described. We work with third-party suppliers to to make sure that we are delivering, for example, workforce skills to the sector. We're working with groups like IMNES, the Industry Mentoring Network in STEM, um, to connect PhD students to industry mentors so that early-stage PhD students understand that there are career options outside of an academic career. And I think that's particularly important given that About one in 10 of our PhD students will actually succeed in an academic career. Um, The other 90% are going to need to find roles in industry, and they're very rewarding careers. And so we're we're preparing the, the PhD pool, the PhD candidates for that next step into industry. It's also critical for industry because industry needs that workforce to be able to deliver on on the opportunities in the future. So we're doing that with MNIST. We're working with groups like the Bridge Program and the Bridge Tech Program run out of QUT in Queensland, a really interesting program that takes industry, um, and when I mean industry, pharmaceutical, medtech companies, they come to the party, they bring their key international people to the BRIDGE program to help our early career researchers, um, early professors, understand what it is really needed, what, what we have to do to translate their idea from a, a basic research opportunity that's in the lab through to something that makes it through the clinic and onto the market. So again, we've, we've been able to reach out and touch um, through that program hundreds of early career re- researchers, preparing them for that next step in their commercial journey. Bridge Tech does the same thing for the biotechnology sector. We're working with groups like Accelerating Australia and Health, the Actuator, and a host of other programs to provide similar training throughout the the development continuum within the sector.
0: So I might just point out at this uh, juncture that over the course of this podcast series, we'll be hearing from uh, lots of these these projects, so they can, you know, detail. In more depth what what it is they do and why it's important, just on that issue of the commercialization sensibility, why is that
1: such a an elusive um, target look i think I think it's it's not an easy thing to do it's not easy to have have a brilliant idea and and to be able to understand the science around that idea and also to be able to understand the business imperatives of taking that through the clinic and onto the market and so I think it is a difficult space and and we have a very small community um, that is growing in expertise but we just haven't had enough people take an idea through the entire journey and so we're we're really trying to make sure that our early career researchers understand the importance of intellectual property we're trying to work with universities and others to make sure that they understand the value of commercialization you know there's a there is a past culture that is rapidly changing of academics being um, focused on research only and, and now there's a growing focus on translation. We need to make sure that that tra- translation process is supported throughout the sector. We need to make it easier for academics to do it. And, it and if we can do it then we're going to see great outcomes not only in terms of economic um, gains for Australia, growth of jobs but also importantly perhaps most importantly patient outcomes in australia and around the world
0: and and a lot of these um um in inventions that get commercialized they they've got global potential right
1: they do in fact as i mentioned one of our key focuses is about accessing international markets and supply chains and and we really need to work in australia to recognize that it is a global economy that the markets for therapeutics diagnostics devices um, are not just limited to Australia, but there is a global opportunity, and we have to really step up to make sure that, that A, our inventions, our discoveries are translated, but, B, that the economic return comes back to the country by tapping into those international markets.
0: And is that that all a function of venture capital, uh, global money, um, understanding what's in Australia and
1: and somehow or other finding it and getting behind it? Look, I think it's partially that, you know, a lot of people talk about the valley of death in funding, you know, the ability. And in fact, there's probably multiple valley, valleys of death. But there's there's a, a missing piece in terms of funding for that early stage translational work, um, going to proof of concept, you know, those early killer experiments that need to be done before a true venture capital group would come on board and invest. There's, some, there's a valley of death around probably funding the clinical trials to get people, get those those opportunities people have through clinical trials and into the market. But we shouldn't just focus on venture capital because a lot of our opportunities will be will be spun out into companies, invested in, but then they will be licensed to larger players. So there's opportunities to engage with international pharmaceutical biotechnology and medtech companies as well, not only to bring their money into the country, but their expertise and, and, and their experience in translating technologies, you know, I think there's, it's really important that we're partnering with the best in the world.
0: Mm. And the Medical Research Future Fund, the Australian Government Initiative, has got plenty of money that's being targeted to support some of the stuff we're talking about. And we're going to talk a bit more about that uh, a little bit later on, how to access that, yeah. that 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 grant funding that's out there.
1: Absolutely. So the MRFF is a fantastic initiative by the government, a $22 billion endowment fund that is really going to help transform our ability to translate good science into patient outcomes you know and as i mentioned one of the ways we deploy money is through our project fund but the other way we're doing it is through the biomedical tech the BiomedTech Horizons Program, which is an MRFF-funded program, a $40 million program, that focuses specifically on supporting early-stage opportunities to get to the proof-of-concept where groups like the BTF and other venture groups could invest in it. And again, that's focused on med tech and, and um, device opportunities specifically. So, what are some of the big um,
0: mega trends in in the MTP sector? What what are some of the things that the world is really wrestling with?
1: So, sir, that that that's a really good question because I think we, as as an organisation, as a country, we need to focus on. On the future, and so there are mega trends that we've identified in our sector competitiveness plan originally two years ago. We're just going through the process now of revising that that plan. So and and these things won't surprise many people. You know things like um, healthy aging and an aging population is becoming a growing concern. It has been a concern for a long time, but we're getting to a point where it is really critical. Digital health again, another one of those opportunities where we're starting to see more app based opportunities, big data, the the ability to access genomics, phenomics, all the omics data and translate that into diagnostics, predictive tools, and therapeutics is just huge. So that whole digital health space is going to be a real focus of the activities that we undertake in the next um, three to five years. And And we're already doing that. We're partnering with groups like AND Health the Australian um, Digital Health Accelerator Program. And, and if you look at what they're doing, although they're an early stage organization, they are I think they're in their second cohort of five companies. They've already demonstrated in their first, four, first cohort of five um, the ability to raise capital for those groups. I think they've raised in the order of $15 million already. They've had one exit through an acquisition. They're starting to impact patients. They're starting to have a real impact in the sector. And I think... Digital health is a great opportunity. And then there'll be a host of, of, of what I like to think of as emerging megatrends or emerging um, areas, priority areas in things like regenerative medicine. We launched our regenerative medicine uh, report at Oz Biotech in November of last year, focusing on the fact that Australia has some great uh, research capabilities and regenerative medicine cell therapies, what we haven't done is translate that to the next step, taking it to the patient, taking it to commercial outcomes. So I think you'll see that regenerative medicine is a focus as well. How do we drive that? We talked about digital health. We also did a piece of work on precision medicine last year, and we have a precision medicine white paper coming out, exploring the opportunities of how precision medicine can transform um, this sector. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we talked about bulk sort of approaches to medicine, where you went to your doctor, you got a drug, and that was it. Then we shifted to the concept of precision medicine, where you could perhaps stratify patient groups into select groups of patients who would respond to a specific therapeutic. We're now able to see things like Pfizer's drug Zelcori, which is targeting a specific group of lung cancer patients. When you target the right group, they're getting a 70 or 80% response rate. Fantastic outcome. Let's take it the next step. Let's go from precision medicine to perhaps personalized medicine. How can you use the omics? How can you use advanced imaging to actually be able to develop therapeutics or devices for individuals? And, and 3D printing of, of implantable devices is an example of where we are moving towards per, um, personalized medicine, a great opportunity for patients, a great opportunity for companies and, and the economy.
0: And a great opportunity for a future podcast. I absolutely, suspect. absolutely. <laughs> um, we have had some very good news in in, in the last few days, and that is uh, a new a new program has been established by the Australian government, and we're involved.
1: Yeah, look, so so we're really excited about this. Um, on Monday, Minister Hunt announced that MTP Connect would be in charge of deploying the biomedical translation. Um, Bridge Program. And this is a $22.3 million program that is specifically focused on working with early stage opportunities coming out of our research um, organizations and our early stage biotech companies, helping them to attain proof of concept um, and then be ready for the BTF or other venture groups to invest in them. So we're working closely now with our key partners in that organization, uh, the University of Queensland's drug development group, QUIDI, BioCurate here in Melbourne with um, Melbourne and Monash Universities. We're working with the MDPP at Flinders University uh, for medical devices. And we've also built in a, a really important education component by partnering with QUT in the Bridge Program to ensure that that, that That educational program that I mentioned earlier will be spread across the country. This program is really unique because it's providing a national approach. It's opening up doors to the expertise at the University of Queensland, at BioCurate and at MDPP, not only to their host universities, but to organizations across the country, which will really, I think, have an impact on organizations that previously just have not been able to access that, that capability.
0: So here's what uh, the Health Minister, Greg Hunt, had to say when he uh, made this great announcement.
2: So today I'm really delighted to be here with uh, Dan Grant from MTP Connect, uh, with uh, uh, David here at the centre, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Omar and all of the the team that represents the partners in this new Biomedical Translation Bridge program. Um, The partners include... uh, BioCurate, UniQuest, uh, Flinders University, uh, Queensland University of Technology, and uh, so many others. And what's this about? This is about saving lives and protecting lives and growing the Australian economy through new investments. So every day, every day we see the benefits of medical research translated, whether it's in terms of new Australian drugs such as venetoclax uh, for uh, leukemia and, uh, uh, and lymphoma, whether it is uh, new Australian devices, such as uh, Saluda that I've mentioned or Emudent, whether it's new Australian vaccines, such as Gardasil. So that is a deep, powerful tradition where Australia is at the global forefront, but we can be even better. And that's why the Medical Research Future Fund was established to ensure that Australians get the benefit of medical research as early as anyone in the world and that we contribute to our own economy at the same time. We know that we have some of the best medical researchers, best clinicians, best hospitals and best universities but we can take those skills and we can take that advantage and really have an enormous boost to our economy. It's a $20 billion program, the Medical Research Future Fund and ultimately when we look at the rare cancers, rare diseases programs helping patients, the frontier science programs, the missions in terms of uh, genomics or the Million Minds mental health mission, uh, or uh, what we're doing in terms of uh, uh, Parkinson's or dementia, we can see immense outcomes, not to mention what we uh, announced on Friday in terms of bra- uh, brain cancer. But one of the most exciting areas is translation. And today, I am delighted to announce a $22 million biomedical translation bridge program. This will be run by MTP Connect in conjunction with the other partners that I've mentioned. And it will be open to all Australian firms uh, to help them translate their research into benefits for patients. Bench to bedside. And that means, uh, It could be a new medical device for pain. It could be a new dental device that will improve the capacity to deliver dental outcomes for people in rural and remote Australia, helping Indigenous kids with their oral oral hygiene, helping older Australians who uh, otherwise might not have had access to dentistry in a remote location, helping uh, Australians who might otherwise not have been able to have uh, accessed the dental help. And so it's about modernising what we do this case, this example, is dentistry. But around Australia, uh, our best and brightest will be invited to be part of the B2B program. And so uh, I'm delighted to officially launch uh, the new Biomedical Translation Bridge program. Uh, Dan and his team will oversee it. Um, they represent the best and the brightest in the medical world. And uh, their job is to help uh, Australian companies access these grants of between $200,000 to $1 million to a 1000000 dollars to take them on to the next stage and then ultimately uh, to take the medical research uh, from bench to bedside, uh, from the researcher to the patient and at the end of the day this will save lives and protect
0: lives. That's the Health Minister Greg Hunt announcing the awarding of the Biomedical Translation Bridge Program earlier in the week. So, Dan, um, obviously that's a new program with new funding opportunities for people around Australia. We, we've we already got some uh, people achieving some funding outcomes, yes?
1: We do. And, and in yeah. fact, one of the roles that, that we take is to work with researchers in industry to help them access existing funding programs. And we've been particularly successful in doing this um, for the industry-focused granting schemes, including the CRC program, the Cooperative Research Centre program, the Cooperative Research Centre project program, um, and the industrial transformation research programs through the ARC. And in our work that we've done with companies and and academics, we've been able to help those groups secure upwards of 26 grants from those entities, which has actually brought in about one point, sorry, 125 million dollars into the sector. And, and that, that's a huge impact. That has a huge impact on the sector's ability to take research and translate it. But what makes that even more impressive is that many of these schemes are matching schemes, meaning that industry has had to bring in matching money to it. So we're looking at somewhere in the order of half a billion dollars of money coming into the sector through the work that we've done to help these organizations craft their grants understand what the priority areas are, and and actually develop the granting to where it can be funded.
0: Mm. So the person on our team who looks after that uh, incredibly important exercise is Dr. Alfredo Martinez-Cole. Alfredo, hello. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. So tell us a little bit more about the uh, CRCP program, why it's important, and why does MTP Connect, through through your good self, uh, back that?
3: I think the CRCP program is important because it allows Australian SMEs to access research coming out of the university for their product development, product and services development. Um, It's a matching grant scheme where the funding has to be matched, and that can be made of both cash and in-kind contributions. It allows for um, alignment with uh, priorities for funding in in other areas in, in Australia, and it also... Provides the opportunity to develop unique uh, products that can go anywhere.
0: You've been touring Australia just recently, talking to people who are interested in applying for these grants. What sorts of questions do you get from them? Um, what are the what are the what are the tips and the the, the advice that you give about crafting a, a competitive application?
3: That that's a great question. Uh, and I guess that the one thing that comes through most commonly is. My advice is around developing a really compelling story around the product or service they want to develop. We have to make sure that the applicants understand that these are industry-focused grants, so they're not scientific-granting applications. So they have to be light on the science. We assume that the science leading to the development of that product or service works, and we focus on the end product and the impact that end product will have. You know, does it... Uh, fulfil an unmet need, does it, uh, would that product or service have a significant impact on the economy? So that's the kind of things that we provide advice on around developing that compelling story.
0: And do you think that message gets through? Do you think people perhaps underestimate that in that, that approach?
3: <laughs> I think so, because most people that have applied for grants in the past obviously focus on their area of expertise. And Sometimes it's a bit removed from the story. The story is the all-important rationale and the all-important narrative that is going to get the point across. Uh, We have different people evaluating these grants from different backgrounds. So it has to be a narrative that anyone can understand very clearly that you are addressing a highly unmet need, that you have a novel technology and product, and that... That product will have a significant impact on the economy and also potentially and eventually hopefully you know impact patient outcomes.
0: Right. And the funny thing is the, the Australian government and, and us and the people who work with at Ooz industry all want people to be successful in these applications. We want the money flowing, we want the innovations being progressed and the products being developed, right?
3: Correct. Correct, exactly.
0: A lot of this information we're putting on our website um, so people can check that out to get some more tips and some more advice about how to craft an application. There's some important milestones coming up with the next round of CRCP.
3: So round seven for the CRCPs have recently opened and the deadline for application submission is the 28th of March. So please make sure you contact us. If we can help, uh, contact us early.
0: What about people who've applied in previous rounds? Are they potentially eligible for this next round?
3: Absolutely. in In our experience, uh, most people have applied a number of times for the CRCPs. It's very competitive. In the last round, there were ninety six applications, and of those, only seven were funded in the medtech sp- and space. So they're very competitive uh, scheme. So I strongly encourage people to reapply if they haven't. Been successful the first time around. Come and work with us and reapply.
0: Yeah, give us a call at MTP Connect Absolutely. and speak with Alfredo. Absolutely, Dan. What's your um, perspective on on these these granting applications and the, these these granting opportunities?
1: Look, I th- I, as I said, I think these are fantastic opportunities for the sector. It's money that's available. It's money that needs to be distributed and dispersed in a meaningful way. And so our role is really to make sure that our our sector. Members have an opportunity to develop applications that can attract that funding, and and that funding is critical. and And the fact that they're matching schemes means that it's bringing industry together with our researchers. and I think as you bring industry and research together, you break down the barriers between the two. and And what comes out of that, who will know? Not only will they deliver on these projects, but they'll develop relationships that will deliver on future projects as well. So these schemes of of leveraged funding for industry are critical to get them to the table. And once they're there, the relationship will, will drive it itself. And that'll lead to future opportunities, more investment, more investment, not just in financial sense, in a financial sense, but also in terms of capabilities and access to infrastructure, which is really going to have an impact on our research community's ability to translate into clinical outcomes.
0: Okay, so that round is now open. So everybody should get, get cracking. Well, on that note, I think um, that's a wrap for our inaugural edition. So, Dan, thank you. Alfredo, thank you. Thank you to Shannon, who is producing the podcast, and to Ari, who's our engineer. But most importantly, thanks to you for uh, checking us out. We'll be back again in the not-too-distant future.